You're listening to the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. In today's bonus episode, EdUp Embedded, with me, Elizabeth Leiba, I'll be taking a deep dive into the future for our higher ed graduates after COVID-19 with Adebisi Adebwale. Adebisi is a Gates Millennium Scholar recipient, former White House intern, a two-time graduate of George Washington University and founder of Upliftology, an organization dedicated to transitioning students to college and allowing them to graduate debt-free. In the past five years, she has assisted hundreds of scholars earn more than $2.5 million in scholarship money to schools like Columbia University, Syracuse University, and University of Texas, and many more. So let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Elizabeth Leiba, and on the line, we have Adebisi Adebuale. Adebisi. How are you? I'm very good, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So let's jump right in and get right to it. Um, Let me ask you, well, before I even start, how is everything with you and your family? Everyone's doing okay under the circumstances with, with everything that's been going on? We are all blessed. Honestly, I cannot complain. I know that it's a very, very, very difficult time for most people right now, just even if they're not specifically or Im- directly impacted, just the understanding of what's going on. No one truly understands what's going on. So we're all just truly in this together, trying to make sense and make peace with how we're supposed to be operating right now, because this is something new to each and every one of us in this generation. And and I know that it's a struggle. You know, People are losing their family members. People are trying to make sense of what they should be doing with themselves, how to cope right now. So it's just been a really interesting time, but I'm grateful and I'm just appreciative that everybody in my family is doing well. My dad just turned 70, so I'm so excited about that. You know, thank you. And the parents celebrated 41 years of marriage. So we we still have some great accomplishments going on in the family right now that we're just so appreciative for and cannot complain. We only can just be thankful. How are you and your family? Same here. Everyone's just trying to hang in, adjust to the new normal. So we'll talk a little bit about how people are adjusting and and maybe provide some guidance and insight um, from your end as far as how we can adjust, all of us adjust to some of the the different uh, elements in terms of the market and everything that's going on, especially in the the higher education space. So give us a little bit of insight. Where are you today? Where, Where are you joining us from? I'm in Lanham, Maryland. So that's just right outside of Washington, D.C., about 20, 30 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. In my hometown, I am living life, trying to make the best of it. Absolutely. As are all of us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, like maybe just some insight about your background and what led you to where you are in terms of working in the education field. Okay, so that's a loaded question, but I'll try to make sure I give you the high-level version of that. But I was stated earlier, I'm in Lanham, Maryland. I was born in Washington, D.C., raised in this area, so this is truly home for me. But I'm first-generation American, uh, like a lot of students who are here in the States. My parents immigrated from Nigeria a few years back and raised my sisters and myself in this area. And we're just so grateful for the opportunity to be here and to have been educated in the States to live our lives here and have the wonderful opportunities that we've had. I attended high school here, Eleanor Roosevelt High School in Greenbelt, Maryland, went on to the George Washington University 
in Washington, D.C., where I did not only my undergraduate studies, but also my master's degree. And I was just very fortunate to have had the wonderful opportunities with my education, where I was a Gates Millennium Scholar, and which allowed me to go to the George Washington University in the first place, because that was the most expensive university in the nation at the time. And having been able to spend six years there was just a blessing that was beyond my imagination. And that's pretty much how I started my business. While I was in high school, I was class president for three years, which I truly believe was the icing on the cake for me, having earned the, the scholarship in the first place. But when I was graduating from college, I started to get a lot of questions about how did you do it? How did you go to college? How did you graduate school debt-free? What did you do? Can you help my children? They're getting ready to apply for colleges, but I don't know where to start and I don't know what to do. So I got a lot of questions around that and how I could support students who were also about to go to the, through the college application process to graduate school debt-free from a lot of first-generation parents who were raising children in America and didn't know the higher education process. So that's how my business started, Upliftology. And now we help students transition from debt and doubt to scholarship and success, both going into college and then going into the corporate world. Awesome. Well, that's a great segue. So tell us about Upliftology. How long have you been doing this with your organization? How do you help students? How many students have you helped? And what is your overall mission and what is your goal for your organization? Yes. So we started in 2015 and officially I went full-time in 2018. So I count all the years, but sometimes, you know, depending on who you're speaking to, they may count two years, they may count five years, but I've been helping students understand the college application process to understand why they're going to college in the first place. I don't think we speak enough about that on the front end. And we end up having students go to college and just be confused about what they want to do, what they just did with the last four years of their livelihoods, rather than going into college, understanding what's the purpose of them being there, the power of networking while in school, what tools they should be using and what they should get out of their college experience. So what I look to do is help students understand their why upfront. Why am I going to college? Why, are, why would I pursue a degree in biology versus engineering? Why would I use this school? Why would I go to this school versus this school? You know, just understanding the entire college application process because it's so multifaceted, so robust. And if we're not careful, we'll continue the cycle of forcing students to go to college and graduate school debt with thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And I seek to minimize that. My goal is to help students understand their why upfront so they can minimize their debt, if not completely eliminate it. And I understand not all students are going to graduate school debt free, not in this economy. But the reality is, if we help students on the forefront and upfront, then we can minimize that being a cause of debt or burden upon graduation. Upliftology helps students understand the college application process, but also students who are moving out of college. So I look at myself as a student transition coach, helping students to build the, the bridge between those two gap areas from high school to college and then from college to the corporate world so that they are able to position themselves accordingly. And we've helped over hundreds of students. I've spoken to hundreds of students over the past few years, um, both domestically and internationally, not only through college, but just their livelihood as, as a whole, whether it's through networking, whether it's through job search, understanding their why and who they are and who they want to become and how they need to get there. And to date, my scholars have earned over $3 million for their educational um, pursuits. They go to, thank awesome. you, thank you so much. They attend universities, including Columbia University, 
Syracuse University, University of Maryland, Howard University, University of California, Berkeley, um, Southern Methodist University. I mean, so many different schools. It's becoming more and more every every year. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to help the next generation. Um, Good for you. Awesome. What would you say when you're thinking about helping these learners and, and helping them with the transition? What would you say is the main area of concern? You talked about first generation college students of which I'm one. So I have a special place in my heart for the first generation college student. Like your parents, my parents were immigrants and they didn't really understand about the American system of education or about college applications, about student loans and how to apply for federal student aid and what the whole process was. But with that, all that aside, when you're looking at either your first generation students or just students that maybe are not first gen, but are just looking to transition and, and just need some assistance, what are some of the main concerns that you hear from them, hear from parents in terms of how to negotiate, navigate this whole process? And let me ask Elizabeth, what's your ethnic background? Where did your parents immigrate from? My parents are from originally Jamaica and they immigrated to the UK, which is where I was born in the United Kingdom. Understood. So we have, even though my parents are from Nigeria and we all, we all have that same mindset, you know, we came to greener pastures for our children to have a better life, for our family to have better opportunities. And then now they're in this dark hole, if you will, because they don't know the system. So more or less, I'm sure, sure. you as well and your siblings, just like myself and my siblings, we had to figure that process out alongside and if not to some degree ahead of our parents because they just did not know that system and not that they didn't care but it was just different because my parents my dad sure. was very hands-on he was very integral in our education but what we look to do is pretty much help students like i stated earlier understand their why and we help but we help them do that by asking the questions they need to ask themselves the questions right why do i want to go to college what is the purpose of me going to college what career do I want to pursue? How, how will I achieve that by going through college? What will college do for me? Literally understanding those questions. And I think that a lot of times, unfortunately, students don't understand that, those questions up front. They don't understand those questions while, before they go to college. So a lot of students apply to colleges blindly, as I often say. They have no idea the school that they're going into. And the reality of it is that all schools, all colleges and universities are not created equal. There's some schools mm -hmm. that are better for engineering. There's some schools that's better for political science. Some schools are better for mathematics. Some are better for fashion design. And each school, just like students, mm -hmm. just like individuals, have their own personal brand or their personal strengths. Each school has their own personal strengths. And I don't want students applying to universities and colleges as if they're the same all around, because they're not. You can tell by mm -hmm. the location, you can tell by the quality of the education. Students have to have an understanding of what they're getting themselves into. And that just comes by asking questions and being curious, being curious about who you are, but also being curious about where you're trying to go and being aligned to those proper institutions be it in the university or the college, but also in internships and companies that they're looking to gain. So what, what we pretty much do is help, those, help clarify those questions for students so that they understand which avenue they should be taking. Absolutely. So having them ask a lot of these why questions up front, having them consider, consider the return on investment in terms of their time 
and in terms of the financial investment that they are putting into all of this study, as well as their parents and everyone that's behind them, as far as them pursuing their career, you want them to consider what's the ultimate goal for themselves in the long term? Correct. And I know some people were like, well, students are not going to know that beforehand. But I also say, I Mm -hmm. think we've been raising our children wrong to say that, oh, it's okay to be undecided before you go to college. Do you understand why that's so wrong, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth? Why don't you explain it to me? I have my own ideas about that. It's so wrong. I think it's so wrong because here's the thing. (laughs) We have had students go to college, these four-year colleges at that, these expensive universities for decades for lifetimes, right? Saying that, oh, it's okay. You don't Mm -hmm. need to know what you want to study when you get to college. You can figure it out along the way. And to a certain degree, that's true. But when you're having a child come into a 50, 60, 70, and now upwards of $80,000 university per year on loans, undecided, confused about what they're trying to study, confused about who they are or who they want to become, learning something that they may not need at a specific time, if at all, or learning generic classes that can take at a, for a lesser cost at a community college, I think we are doing a disservice to our children. And this is why I think community colleges are so great because it allows some students to bridge mm-hmm. the gap of not having a clear understanding of who they are, who they wanna become, figure themselves out along the way. I think taking a gap year if needed is so underrated because of course people are like, oh, you need to finish college within four years. You should be done school within, uh, within four years of graduating high school by the age of 21 or 22. And yes, I do think that there's something to be said to go through college experience while you're an undergrad, while you're young, because there's certain things you can't do while you're older. Uh, <laughs> there's certain things that you can't. Yes, there are. <laughs> that you can't do when you're older that you can experience when you're a young college student and just have that freedom and have that that curiosity and the the ability to explore. But I think that community colleges do not get enough appreciation. And granted, you're you're getting this information from someone who went to one of the most prim and proper universities in the nation. The George Washington University is sure. a posh school. No one can deny that. It is a posh school. I mean, I'm talking trust fund babies. People with money coming sure. to that school. And you're talking about a girl sure. who's on a scholarship for all six years of the time that she was there. But I'm seeing how wow. the entire landscape is changing. Right? I hear parents sure. say, oh, no, I don't want my child to go to a community college. I want them to have the four-year college experience but you don't have any money to send your child to school. Why would you put that debt on your child when they don't even know what they want to do yet? Right? We're, sure. we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Hundred, and I know some people who are hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars in debt in their grad program, in their mm-hmm. collegiate experience, five years of college, including a five-year program. I'm talking about six figures. And then, and then not even using their degree. Wow. We need to stop telling students that it's okay to be undecided. No, let them sit down. Let them think. If we start pushing more of how to help children think rather than teaching them what to think that, oh, they need to go to college. And I'm a college coach. I'm all for college. I think it's great. But we want to make sure that they are aligned to who they are called to be, who they should be, and not what we want to vicariously live through them. I agree 100%. I'm like you. I went to University of Florida, which is, you know, the premier public college in the state of Florida. And 
I wanted my daughter to have the same four-year experience that I did like you. I went on a full scholarship on a minority scholarship. So I, my parents pushed me. They were like, go to school. That was what you did, especially coming from a first-gen immigrant family. And with my daughter, I totally encouraged her to take a gap year. And now she's in community college because mm-hmm. she wasn't sure what she wanted to do. So I don't only believe what you're saying. I've done that the same way in my parenting where I don't necessarily agree. Like you say, that we should be pushing a 18, 17, 18 year old to go to school and then accrue a bunch of debt without them really knowing. And she didn't really declare a major until just recently. She's in her end of her sophomore year and she just decided what she wants to pursue as her major. So I agree a hundred percent. Sometimes we, as uh counselors and as instructors and as parents, we need to back off a little bit, let the student figure out their way. And like you said, uh, in terms of what your organization does and, and what your philosophy is, sit down with the student and plan a little bit better rather than having them jump in feet first. And there is something to be said for the college experience because I enjoyed it, I'm sure, just like you did. But um, this is a different environment and the world is changing. The economy is changing. Everything is changing around us and and we need to be a little bit more cognizant. Student debt is skyrocketing and and we don't want to burden our children in the next generation without them having a clear sense of what they want to do. Today, you actually um, really held an an event that talked about and focused on this idea because we have students that are graduating now and they're in an unusual situation with the COVID-19 health crisis. Tell us a little bit about your summit, uh, college to corporate um, in COVID-19, and tell us a little bit about how your organization was able to spread that message as far as the challenges and opportunities for graduates. Yeah, and one thing I did want to also add is that going to college is crucial, right? I think that time should not be undermined at all. It's definitely a huge starting point for students to build their network. You know, I think that a lot of students, and we don't talk about it to them from that perspective, that your peers are a part of your network and how, how going to college can build that network and is the onset of building a livelihood because peers help you find jobs. You know, they help recommend you. Um, sure. But with the From College to Corporate virtual summit that we just had today, in which you were a speaker on and you were phenomenal. Thank you. <laughs> For, for being there. Thank you so much. I had a ball. It was I'm awesome. So I had a great time. It was really amazing. I'm so appreciative. Thank Absolutely. you so much for being there. You were phenomenal. Speaking about communication. We had that event to help ease the minds of students who are literally trying to figure out what the hell am I about to do? Like, there are no jobs. Let's be real. We have to be real, real with this because yeah, I don't think there's enough Absolutely. talk and buzz around. Okay, you guys, we have students who are about to graduate, and not even a real graduation. They're about to have non-graduations, virtual graduations, virtual. canceled graduations. But guess what? The real yeah. world is still exists, and they're going to inherit Absolutely. this world where the adults of influence, as I like to call us, parents, educators aunts, uncles, teachers, advisors don't even know what the hell is going on right now. We're trying to figure out, and now you're about to come and join us to try to figure out this mess that we all just inherited. And it's, of course, by no one's fault specifically, but we are all in this together. So now what do we do? And what the event was pretty much aiming at doing is helping students understand that, yes, we're all trying to figure out which way to go. Do we go left, right, up, down? 
what angle do we go? But the reality is that companies are still looking to hire people right now. While there are people getting laid off, the world is still happening. We're still evolving. We're still revolving. And we cannot stop because like today, Saturday, there's going to be another Sunday. There's going to be another Sunday. There's going to be another Monday. There's going to be another Tuesday. And guess what? We're going to have to figure out how to move forward. We're going to have to figure out how to go forward because the reality of it is that life is going to continue. There was the Great Depression. There was the Spanish flu. There was World War, World Wars one and two, and they still came out of it. And companies are going to be created. Ideas sure. are going to be founded. What we're seeing now is that a lot of industries that were that was once saying, oh, we don't have an industry where people can work from home. We don't have uh, tools where people can do things online are being forced to move online. They're being forced to think about how to move their business into the digital space. They're being forced to change their old ways of transacting and making it modern because the reality of it is that everything is becoming mobile. And if things are not becoming mobile, they're getting shut off or shut out by virtue of not being adoptable. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to see is that students who are coming into the job force now, a lot of them are going to have to pick up more technical skills. And I don't mean hardcore coding or hardcore um, technical engineering, systems engineering. But what I mean is that being able to be versatile and being able to be flexible, because the reality of it is that even though you may have been in school for three, four years to get your undergraduate degree, now companies are going to figure are going to have to figure out how can they access entry-level employees? How can they build their systems with junior staff on, on location, meaning remotely? How can they travel and do things? So mm -hmm. we're going to all have to figure out, and what I wanted to do is encourage students to not give up hope or faith in the system because the reality of it is that we're all trying to now rebuild a new system and iterate the one that we already had. Absolutely. What was the main takeaway? There was a panel of seven or eight guests who all gave their perspectives in terms of um, social media networking, in terms of communications, in terms of brand management and how these students can go out there and still manage to, like you said, take advantage because even though this health crisis is going on, the world will still continue after the fact. And these graduates are coming into unsure territory as far as what the next steps are. So what was the main takeaway you thought as far as what in higher education we can do to prepare students better, what parents need to do to prepare students better so that when they do graduate, they're um, equipped to get out here and still be able to take advantage in terms of their career growth and, and Continue Stepping networking. Their purpose. The bottom line of the takeaway is continue networking okay. because your network is your net worth. It's literally not what you know, it's who you know. And don't get me wrong, you still need to know stuff. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you don't need to know things. You need to know things, <laughs> but you need to know people who are in the industries or at least in spaces where you can convert or pivot your skill set and be a representative, be an employee, be a factor to what's going on in the world right now. Because there are people who will be able to recommend you for jobs that you cannot get into yourself, right? But also beyond that, Absolutely. even if you don't know someone personally, the digital space is now for you is now open for you to network with people who you may not have ordinarily be able to contact, right? There are different marketplaces, LinkedIn, 
Instagram. A lot of us are posting our pretty pictures on our grids, but how many people are reaching out to those people who they want to be connected with in their DMs to say that, hey, I've been following you for some time. I love the work that you do at this university, at this company, with your business, and I would love to learn more and sit down with you. I know that this world is, we're in a crazy times right now in this world, but I would love 15 minutes to chat with you. Those little messages go a long way. I can't tell you how many people I've networked with that way. Absolutely. And maybe some, sometimes it's not even a phone conversation. Sometimes it's literally a LinkedIn conversation or a, uh, a reply back and forth on a picture or on a post or an article that I saw and I agreed with and I liked their comments or their commentary. But a lot of people, a lot of students are not taking advantage of that digital space to network with people who are in the places that they want to go to. And you don't necessarily network only laterally, you network up, right? You network to people who are in the places that you see yourself. I think more Absolutely. more students need to take that, that advantage and take that step and make use of network, um, online networking. That's how you and I met. You know, we met we met through LinkedIn. Absolutely. I reached out to you. I saw I saw an article I believe Absolutely. that you posted. Loved the article, loved the piece, loved the commentary. And I just started commenting on that post with not only you, with a bunch of other people who just got added to my network within the last, you know, four to six weeks. Absolutely. LinkedIn is a great underused. And I agree with you. And I tell my students this all the time, especially when I'm teaching like a composition class or something where it's maybe freshmen that aren't really thinking yet about networking, that it's never too early to start. Open up a LinkedIn account, start building up your network because over time those that, that time that you're putting into networking it definitely will pay off and LinkedIn is a great place especially now to do that as most of us are being turned in and, and, and using social networking even more for our networking needs so I agree 100% that's a great takeaway from uh, your summit and I really enjoyed it I think that it's definitely something that students need to be aware of that there are there is so much potential in terms of being able to Completely. still make those connections. I wanna wrap up. You've been given us so many gems of knowledge and wisdom and nuggets that uh, we can use as takeaways to help students, to help our, our graduates that are going out there into the workforce. And I wanna wrap up with a two-part question that we always tend to ask and, and wanna get a little bit of feedback from you. What is, and you can ask in any, you can answer this in any order that you prefer. What is it that you would, like to be remembered for in terms of your legacy of the work that you're doing and what do you see as the future for higher Ooh, education oh my goodness so my friend just asked me this question literally i think it was tuesday and i was like i think i need time to be think to think about it because we all have this great imagination of i want to be the greatest speaker i want to be the greatest businesswoman i want to be the greatest teacher whatever it may be and as I'm going through my business, as I'm seeing my scholars earn scholarship money and get into college and then graduate, it's just a joy to see them actually graduate. You know, I, I'm just like, oh my God. And I'm not a teacher in the classroom. And I don't, I don't think I've ever considered myself to be an educator. But like I stated earlier, I'm a student transition coach. So I would love, and I'm, and of course this is going to evolve, but I would love to be remembered as a, a person who helps students get to their next level, literally uplifting greatness, allowing students to know that they have the ability to dream bigger, to do bigger, and to get bigger. 
with their own resources. So I, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what that, what that looks like in five years, 10 years, but I, I want to be someone who knows, who is considered and remembered as someone who allows people to step into their own greatness. Um, and you're doing that. What do you see as the future of education? What do you see coming up in the next months, years, decades? How Absolutely. do you see education I, I know evolving? without a shadow of a doubt that education is going to become more digital. And what we didn't realize, I've always said that education, it's all, it works kind of like the federal government. <laughs> and I think we, can, we both know what that means without saying, but if you don't know what that means, education honestly moves mm-hmm. very slowly and I know this from the inside as being a student and also from being a, cons- a consultant in the education space and how long mm-hmm. it takes to make decisions the bureaucracy that it has to go through the pipelines the loopholes the roundabouts the turnarounds that things need to happen in order for decisions to be made and I and I understand it I respect the system here's the thing COVID-19 coronavirus has made us wake up to realize that if you're not in the digital space and if you're not preparing students, employers, employees to be in the digital space, we're going to disadvantage ourselves for the future because we're all mobile now. In the last decade, what we've all learned, even those Mm -hmm. of our parents and ourselves included, our half of the generation, Elizabeth, is the generation that literally mobilized mobility, you know, in the sense that technology has bamped up in the last, five to 10 years exponentially. Now we're going to see it skyrocket to a level that we didn't have, we never could have anticipated. And COVID has forced us to start believing and understanding that everything needs to have a digital component because people are mobile. We're traveling all over the world. We're moving at lightning speed to the next thing. Social media has caused our attention span to shorten. So we need things to be literally at the accessible at the tips of at the at our tip, the tips of our fingers. And we need to be able to accommodate not only education, but everything around us. So education is going to become more digital, where professors were saying that they didn't want to teach online, even if it's a mix of hybrid education where we have students coming into school, but also have the option of going online, things are going to start shifting. And where students are not, where students don't have um, accessibility to technology in the younger years of their education, we're going to start seeing schools most likely put more computers into schools where you probably wouldn't have had it if it, if COVID-19 hadn't happened. So when students are transitioning, mm-hmm. by the time they're in higher education, they will be acclimated and adapted to the digital space in their education. Higher education doesn't have an option at this point. We have to start getting professors using more technological tools, having more training, more um, inclusive use of technology because it's going to be shifted. It is shifted. It it has shifted. Excuse me. It has shifted because of this last um, four to six weeks that we've had with COVID-19. Absolutely. We're all going through that rapidly over the past few weeks. We're all mobilized Right. Absolutely. It's going to be a big change and it's going to be interesting, like you said, to see how things pan out over the next few months and even over the next few years as to how we're all going to react and how we're going to move forward after all of this. So I thank you for all of your insight. 
your gems of knowledge and your wisdom that you've given us and some insights into dealing with the student side of it, how to acclimate students and how to give students the skill sets that they're going to need to be successful moving into the workforce. Hope you enjoyed that episode. To learn more about the EdUp experience, please visit edupexperience.com. That's E-D-U-P experience.com. And please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. We really, really appreciate your support. You've been listening to the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. With your hosts, Elizabeth Leibach.